Ah, yes, everyone. We are here talking about a Hawkeye victory. Hold on a second. Let's change this. We're not doing 15%. Let's do the 22%. Courtesy of our friends over at Iowa Smokehouse. Yes, it's still going, folks. Use it now for a limited time only. And whether you're celebrating Caitlin Clark's passing of the all-time scoring mark or certainly this overtime victory that Iowa, the Iowa men desperately needed, do so with our friends over at Iowa Smokehouse. Use the code Hawkeye22 for 22% off your total order. And if you see me starting to snack during the show, you'll know why. You cannot pass up this deal, folks. I know the site went down because of the amount of traffic we had uh, on iowasmokehouse.com on, what was that, Thursday? But it is up right now. Get your orders in right now. Limited time only. Hawkeye 22. It's the code Hawkeye 22 for 22% off your total order. Good afternoon, everybody. What a game we have to recap. The Iowa Hawkeye men. Defeating Wisconsin inside Carver Hawkeye Arena in overtime, 88-86. to By the way, uh, we did dismiss a call on our call-in line. I just got it up and going, so if you tried to call in a moment ago, please try again. The phone line should be working now. And yes, uh, again, just want to take a moment before we get started here to thank Iowa Smokehouse because uh, they are going the extra mile in once again... Uh, Prepping as we get to our first caller, going to put you on hold, caller here. But uh, want to thank Iowa Smokehouse for once again making this unbelievable deal available. So you're going to see the little message across the bottom of your screen. Certainly do that now. Um, get your orders in so you can get this unbelievable limited time only deal via our friends down in Albia, Iowa, Iowa Smokehouse. And uh, I'm, I was not bluffing about eating. Iowa Smokehouse. I'm totally against eating while I'm on the air. I think it's tacky. I think it's rude. But I don't care at the moment. So, anyways, let's go to our Iowa Smokehouse call in line. We'll add Tony to the mix. By the way, we are expecting to hear from Coach Close, so I'm going to throw Tony to the wolves once Coach Close gets on here. Oh, Tony, welcome. <laughs> How you doing, Corey? Couldn't be better. I was, I was Hey, Iowa Smokehouse in one hand. RTI Threads apparel, Aaron Graves stuff right here. We've got Caitlin Clark rolling, setting records, and we got the men finally getting a quad one victory. I couldn't be better. And it's sunny outside. That's true. Um, do you guys have any of that white stuff still left on the ground or not? I think there's some out there. Oh. It's few and far between. It'll be gone here within the, day the rest of the weekend. It'll be gone. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was looking down. What are you eating? What was I know it's smokehouse, Ooh. but what, what was it specifically? Uh, these are the original meat sticks. Okay. Yeah, the market blend. Yep. There, there is not, and I mean that. There is not a better snacking. No, no, it's it's outdoor. really good. It's just amazing, um, tender, and flavorful. Anyways, go ahead, Tony. I'm almost at a loss for words. I told you on Twitter X, like you, you know, you were talking. We had that nine point lead. What was going to happen? I, I don't know if I could have handled another loss like that. You know. Well, the, you know, what? what's crazy about that second half today, Tony, and you know it because you watched it just like I did, it felt like the same exact story as they are up nine and begin to, you know, not they go through the scoring drought. And, of course, scoring droughts, when Iowa has blown these leads, the scoring droughts have been coupled with 
mediocre defense, which has been pretty much the storyline all year, and it's not necessarily a deviation from any mean with Iowa basketball. But I think the the bigger thing maybe we're not talking about is why these scoring droughts are proving as – or why I should say why the defense is costing them more this year than in past years. I think the obvious answer is because they're not quite as good offensively. I know the numbers are still indicative of a team that's top 10 probably nationally. I haven't looked at the numbers here recently. But they're one of the best teams out there in offense, and they're going to be as long as Fran's at the helm. But I think this is the result of not having a Chris Murray, not having a Keegan Murray, not having a Joe Wieskamp or a Luca Garza or a Peter Jock. They don't have one of those guys this year. So you're more prone to droughts, even though they're really good when they're on. We've seen this team go through scoring slumps, and with a subpar defense, sometimes you can't survive it. And uh, today they were able to battle enough, and I really appreciate the fact that Fran McCaffrey went back to Tony Perkins in overtime for that final look. I thought that was the right call, and I, and I made the the comment ahead of time. I, I said to the guy sitting to my left, I said, go right back. I go right back at Wisconsin with Tony and take my chances with a foul call. Um, I have my own comments on officiating that can be saved until later. And I know Gary's probably not going to agree with my comments on officiating. But Bill Eck needs to take a hike, first of all, because that call against Tony or against Owen Freeman, the technical for slamming the ball down, I thought was it, it, by the books it was the right call. What I hate to see is when a, an official is not just influenced, but uh, basically giving being given directives from the opposing bench. That, that's what I hate watching and. It was clear Bill Eck did not see Owen Freeman slam the ball to the court. He saw the ball coming down, but the the obvious here is he did not know how the ball got up there in the first place. Owen Freeman could have went like this. Like, I know he didn't, but I'm just saying I hate when I see an official make a call based on a bench reaction or the reaction of an opposing head coach. And does anybody like Greg Gard? Can we just get can we just address the elephant in the nobody likes him? Nobody likes Greg Gard. There is not a sing- I would get. I would venture to say there's not a single coach in this conference that likes Greg Gard. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're probably right on that with Greg Gard. I mean, I, they have probably one of the most unlikable teams in, and they have for years. It's just the style of play. Even even Rutgers plays a similar kind of brand of basketball, but you can still kind of like and root for Steve Peichel and some of those other guys. It's just they play such an unlikable brand of basketball, and none of them are likable at all, it seems like. <laughs> and, well, I know our, that's, and I know some people, including probably Gary, would tell me that uh, experience and um, you know veteranship, if that's a word, in this league will help you to get calls, especially as a post player. But am I crazy to to think Stephen Crowell is never vertical? He's never vertical, and he hardly ever gets called for fouls. Like he's every he he loses verticality on every single defensive possession. It seems when Iowa gets in the paint, and I don't understand why that's so difficult. Um, Iowa is punished. Owen Freeman, and I think rightfully so, is punished every time he fails to maintain verticality. I just wish that was consistent. Because Crowell hardly ever is vertical, if ever. I th- I think some things also are that 
when we do that and go into the paint, we don't seem as under control as the other teams. Like there's a lot of teams where Tony Perkins, I mean, a lot of times this game where Tony Perkins just went into lane without a single care or except I'm just going to put my head down and try to draw a foul. Where Wisconsin, when they were drawing those fouls, were going with a purpose and actually were, you know, they were going to be at least decent shots that were put up instead of just throwing it up. That's what it seemed like to me at least. Now I, I want to make you pause just for a second, Tony, because we do have Coach Close on the line. Uh, he is uh, who's at the game today in Carver. Coach Close, can you hear me? Sure can, Corey. Well, Gary, you picked a, an interesting day to, to uh, make the trek down to Iowa City for old times' sake, Man. and uh, you watched I'm quite a, a game. Basketball game. Just your your initial oh. takeaways from an overtime win for the Hawks. Well, I tell you, that's a huge win for the uh, program. That's um, you know, that's a that's a good basketball team that's trying to stay in contention for a Big Ten championship. And um, uh, they had a hard time stopping them in the first half and could have easily uh, caved in. And they just stayed the course and made some big plays. And and uh, we saw some young players like Dix and Freeman really shine. And so it, it bodes well. I think uh, it may not, may not have all we want this year, but it, it's, it speaks to the future. I thought it was a big, big-time win for the program. I've got a few questions for you, Gary, but uh, Tony, do you have anything? You're on the line when, when Gary called in. Do you have anything for Coach? Yeah, I just have one quick one, and then you can get to yours. Um, Coach, how did it feel that it was a sellout crowd because you showed up? Yeah, well, I let people know you know, well in advance that I was heading down, yep. and I appreciate uh, I appreciate everybody turning out. So it was, uh, it was a terrific crowd. I think a lot of people thought, well, maybe it was going to be a lot of Wisconsin fans, and that really wasn't the case. I mean, they had some, but uh, it was a great atmosphere, and and uh, I think it played a part in a win. What was the student section like, Gary? Student section was just about filled to the top. Good to yep. hear. It was. Uh, they could use a little jacking up a little bit, but uh, no, they were they were here, and and uh, I thought the crowd was good. I do want to get your take, Gary, as we watched Iowa celebrate this win in overtime and, and certainly a back-and-forth affair like most of these Big Ten games have been and are going to be. Uh, you just saw, and I know maybe you didn't see this on the TV tape because you were in person, but watching Peyton Sanford, who I get is an animated person, and he, you know he tells it all in his face, but just all these guys, Tony and Peyton and Owen Freeman, it just seemed like there was almost a sense of elation in winning this yeah. game. And it's almost a reminder to me, it's almost a reminder, Coach, that this team has been so close so many times, and they have not had a ton of opportunities against top 25 teams, but they've been so close to so many wins and have blown so many games that it's all. it was almost a reminder of, man, it feels like they finally broke through and maybe a turning point at the right time. Yeah, you'd like to think so. And I think that's all a part of you know, a young team finding its way It's in a, in a tough league. Uh, with good basketball players. So um, they've taken their share of knocks for sure. And like I said earlier, I think they could have easily uh, camped this one in, uh, especially as well as Wisconsin was playing early and, and even late. I mean, they had to make some plays late where it looked like Wisconsin had control of the game. So um, there's a young, you know, other than Tony, is a pretty young basketball team. And uh, like I said, a lot of the young guys showed some real metal today and, and, uh, you, know, you got to be excited for their future. It's interesting, uh, Gary. I'm looking at the. You know, I'm a big Tony Perkins fan, but let's just be mm -hmm. real here. 
Uh, end of overtime, Fran McCaffrey goes back to Tony. Uh, screen action from Owen Freeman. Tony ends up uh, with the game-winning layup, uh, fighting through contact from uh, Chucky Hepburn. But heading into that play, Gary, Tony Perkins was 5 of 15 from the field. He was 0 for 2 from 3 and had four turnovers to just three assists. And yet Fran goes back to him. Talk about the confidence level Fran has to have in, in his senior guard. Well, and he called the uh, he called the play that tied it. You know, he I think it sent it into overtime. You know, you know he's your senior, he's your experienced player, and and uh, you know if you're gonna if you're gonna go down, you want to go down with with uh, with your experienced player. And and that was a terrific final play. Uh, it was just a lot of determination and toughness, and against a lot of size. And he found a way to squeak that thing in there. It was a big time play. Talk about Owen Freeman, obviously a difficult matchup and a matchup where he got into foul trouble, I think, last time in Madison when they took on the Badgers. But 20 points today. He's our RTI Threads player of the game. 20 points, 6 of 6 from the field. Was 8 of 11 from the free throw line, added 12 boards. How important was he? Oh, he had big time today. He's one of the best players on the court. I mean, he, he uh, I don't think he missed a shot from the field and uh, got to the free throw line 11 times against a real good, experienced post player in, in Crowell and um and I think he you know, he had a bunch of assists to go along with it so it was a they don't win the game without him and uh and so that's uh, that was a big time performance um and and just and locks up the big 10 freshman year I don't think there's any doubt um and uh that's exciting I mean he um he had a he had a terrific game a big time game against against a good interior defensive team let me read you this stat line, Gary. So you mentioned it. Six of six from the field, eight of 11 from the free throw line, had 20 points, added 12 rebounds, six assists, four blocks, and two steals. Yeah. That's, That's a, what they call a stat stuffer. Yeah. <laughs> stat sheet stuffer. <laughs> I would I would think so. Yep. And, um, yep Gary, time. I was really impressed with with the collective effort from from these starters, and, and not that the bench didn't help i mean I, we saw price sanford come in and give them some valuable minutes um you know patrick's coming off the bench right now certainly brock harding we can talk about what he gave them late in the first uh half yeah but uh, four of iowa's five starters uh ended up in double figures peyton with 18 Dix with 17 i mentioned perkins with 18 freeman with 20 and ben Cricky was a little bit off but fran stuck with him and he, he drew a tough assignment in that second half against uh Tyler Wall and you know battled. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't love that matchup, but Tyler struggled with foul trouble. I thought this was a well managed game from Fran. I did too. I, I, getting getting Wall in foul trouble was huge. Uh, he's they need him on the floor, uh, and and not having him, I think, was a big a big factor. And I think uh, Iowa did a good job in the first half, especially of not fouling a lot. Uh, which Wisconsin's a really good team in, in uh, getting to the free throw line. In fact, um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Iowa shot more free throws. It was close if, it, if they didn't. And uh, that was an important part because a lot of times Wisconsin dominates at the um, at the free throw line. So getting wall in foul trouble is huge. And um, um, just, a, just a really all-around outstanding team win. 30 free throws attempted for Iowa, 28 for Wisconsin. Gary, I have to ask you about officiating because there were a few things in this game that made me kind of confused, I think. Uh, One being the dead ball jump ball, um, where apparently there was an inadvertent whistle um, that 
Okay. And I don't I wasn't un- sure what that was. Yeah, they called it an inadvertent whistle and uh, gave it to the team with the possession arrow. Called it a jump ball. Um, that seems like such an odd ruling given the situation. Um, and and it, you know Iowa got kept the ball, but it gave the possession arrow back to Wisconsin. I've never heard of that. There was also a yeah. weird call that went against Wisconsin earlier in the game, where there was a goaltend called against Iowa. They then went to the monitors at the next timeout, said there wasn't a goaltend, and so basically took those two points off the board, even though Wisconsin would have had the possession because it was an offensive rebound for Stephen Crawl. Just thought that there were some odd calls in this game. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. It was I think it added a little suspense to what was a heck of a college basketball game. So yeah, no, I think I think you're right about that. All right, coach. So this is an Iowa team now, fifteen and eleven overall. All right, they're moving back uh, right. In, well, they're smack dab in the middle of the Big Ten right now. You go from being in the mm-hmm. fun, the uh, bottom four to being smack dab in the middle at seven and eight. We know the road ahead, and uh, they're going to need. You know, got four guys in double figures with their starting lineup. They're going to need that in a lot of these games. You get Michigan State on the road here in a few days. You get Illinois in the road after that, and certainly the I would Ooh. think their NCAA tournament uh, hopes will be written over these next two games. Just your thoughts on the road ahead. This is a gauntlet to finish the year. Yeah, no, that's 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 a huge call. Illinois, you know, it's looking like it's going to come down to Illinois and Purdue for the Big Ten title, and they're they're uh, they're really difficult to beat at their place. And Michigan State's playing the best they've played all year, and they're fighting for an NCAA tournament. They need every win they can get, so they're going to have to play really well to win either one of those games. I, I think he he'd probably be thrilled if they could win one of those two, but obviously they probably need to win both. To, stay in the hunt in the regular season so for an for a tournament bird so real tough road ahead but let's enjoy this one for a little while longer yeah opportunity to enjoy this one over the weekend and um you know let's not forget gary you and i i know we're both of that game last year this game went into overtime a year ago in carver and uh wisconsin yeah. came out on top in that one so a good um get them back win for the hawkeyes and they'll uh, take yep. on michigan state here in a few days travel safely back to wisconsin gary yeah. and we'll talk to you then appreciate it Corey. yep thanks, thanks coach buddy. Appreciate it. Appreciate Coach Gary Close, as always, for being a part of the show as he makes the trek back up to uh, the Madison area. Uh, we are live taking your calls, taking your comments following Iowa's 88-86 to 86 win over the Wisconsin Badgers, a top 25 team, and a quad one win for our Hawkeyes. I want to thank RTI Threads. I uh, touted the Iowa baseball merch the other night over at Iowa Baseball Swarm. Yes, RTI Threads over in North Sioux City is now in a partnership with the Swarm and Iowa Baseball. Yes, team and player apparel available by visiting iowabaseballswarm.com. Check out the newly launched website, www.iowabaseballswarm.com. And, of course, all the football apparel and player apparel for a number of athletes still available at rtithreads.com. You see I've got the Aaron Graves Gravedigger shirt on right now. One more time, that's iowabaseballswarm.com and rtithreads.com. And as you see the message there on the screen from RTI Threads, Go Hawks. Let's go back to our Iowa Smokehouse call-in line. We've got James on hold. James, welcome. How you doing? Doing good, man. How are you? It was a good, good win. Obviously, we needed it. I don't know. Like, uh, like close, Coach Close said, I don't know if we went out just because Illinois is a tough place to win at. And I think we ha- kind of have to win out to get to March Madness. I, at least that's my feeling. I don't think we can lose anymore to get in. 
So I feel like we kind of have to win out, so it's going to be tough. But it was a good win, way to fight back. Obviously, they were down 13 in the first half and fought back again. I know Minnesota, they were down, what, 20 in the second half and won that game too. So constantly like they play better when they're down early. But you also don't like to see a nine-point lead. They just can't put the ball in the hole at some points, and that kind of hurts them. Yeah, they're not good enough defensively. Yeah, yeah. And those droughts, right? I said that at the outset, like they're just not good enough. And we've seen this with past Iowa teams, even when they had a lot of scoring weapons like Jordan Bohannon and and the Murray twins, there still were nights where, you know, you go through a six and seven minute stretch and that's the game. I remember them losing a game against Indiana on a weeknight. Was it a year or two ago? I, I just distinctly remember that game because they could not, they, they could not, uh, what's the old expression? Um, drop in the bucket. They couldn't hit a uh, find a drop in the bucket for a good six to seven minute stretch, and they lost the game because of it. It's it, you know one stretch when you're not playing D will kill you. And I wouldn't play a speck of D in that first half. Let's just establish that. Yeah, no, they didn't. They never seem to. That's same. That's why they get down. That's why they get down a lot of times well, in the situations like down twenty, down thirteen, because their defense is lax. And it's like they don't they don't play. It's not just great lax. defense. It's horrid. They, yeah, but they but they turn it up a little bit. Like I feel like overtime they. There was sometimes where yeah they gave up easy buckets, but they also turned it up a little bit at some points too. Like it was like hit or miss in the in overtime. I feel like that kind of helped them win the game too. It wasn't great at some points, but it wasn't bad at other points. If that makes sense. It does, and I'm looking at the stats for Iowa in that first half. Let me pull up the box scores well, in the first. first my but, bad. Before the second media timeout, they had like what 23 points. Wisconsin did. Um. I, well, you could be right. 47 in the first half. Yeah. I mean. But yeah, a huge start to the game, and they shot Wisconsin shot six of ten from three in that first half. They shot fifty nine percent from the field overall. I mean, you're you're fortunate to be down four at halftime, you know. Yeah, but for sure. Credit to Iowa, they shot fifty six percent from the field yeah. and twelve of fourteen from the free throw line that first half. Yeah, and a couple of things, obviously. So when you don't want to nitpick it. Like you said, the Freeman, the Freeman technical was the right call, but he didn't see it. That's the only thing that made me more mad. Is he wasn't even looking at it. He was looking down the court and then teed him up. That was a little frustrating. Well, wait, wait, wait. What? What do you? And I understand when you say it's the right call. It's the it's right the calling. Right like it call. was, a, it, it was a technical, but he wasn't looking. If that makes sense, like it should have been a technical because he slammed the ball, but he wasn't looking. So I don't understand why he called the technical. If that makes <laughs> That's sense. What I'm saying it's the right call. If it's the yeah. right call, if you like, it's just like going. Yeah, yeah. You can't go back to the monitor to call a foul after the the fact, and that's basically what you're doing. By calling a foul after it was after it was seen by the Wisconsin bench, and like also that, I don't know what in the world that was. We, we had a caller try to jump on there. Was that you, James, or was that our other caller? No, that was somebody else. I'm this here. is Lomansky reporting live outside Carver Hawkeye Arena. <laughs> Lomansky, James, I got to take this call real quick. Lomansky, yeah. welcome. I know you were I had 10 mile an hour wins after victory, and my brother in law, who went to Bo Ryan's basketball camp, lost, which thrills me to death, Corey. Well, I'm just happy you got there, Lemansky, and I appreciate you calling or yep. texting our text line earlier. What was the crowd like? I know Gary said it was a, a hoot. It was, it was like you said, and you're always accurate. There's a lot of people coming late. People honk at each other getting late. I don't understand, but I tell you what, about. Quarter way through the first half, people in their seats, nice crowd, few people. We had about six seats empty to my right, but a really full crowd. And I tell you, with six minutes left, and we know we couldn't finish, the crowd was hopping. It's good to hear. It's great. They, they needed it. They tried, the to, they tried to leave, lift them, 
And my brother-in-law turned to me like during the first half and said, Freeman's going to kill us. We're going to lose. And uh, Bobby Hanson, first half's going like, go to Freeman. They can't handle him. So what a great game for uh, Fran McCaffrey and the Hawkeye faithful, Corey. But I'm glad I got here. It renews my faith in the crowd. Well, I'm glad you got there as well, Lomanski. Probably the best crowd of the year would be my guess. Um, I have not been at a bunch of games, but but that was what I saw from television. And let's not forget that you, you touted Owen Freeman, the numbers he put up tonight on six field goal attempts. Six field goal attempts. So he's he's not a guy who hunts shots. He's efficient inside, and if he's making free throws, he's darn near impossible to stop. People should go to the game because it's just a thrill to talk to the fans around you that have so much knowledge. It's just a thrill to get to a game. You kind of forget that when you watch too much on TV and don't get here. I encourage everybody to get to a game and talk to your neighbor. It's fantastic. Lomansky, safe travels back home, sir, and uh, appreciate you calling in. And um, Well, you better get down to Carver more so they can get more wins. Have a good show, and a lot of your cakes are right on the money. So you keep nailing the nail on the head, and if you want a longer report from Carver, I'll give you some notice when I come next time. Sounds good, sir. Thank you, Lomansky. Yep. Great talking to you. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. All right, all right. Iowa Smokehouse line is – I don't know what happened there. We literally had three calls, like, intersect at the same time. So and I don't even, fine. I put myself on mute, so I didn't say anything if I was talking while he was talking. I respect Lomansky. No, you're so good. You're good. Well, welcome be. back, James. But, no, I was going to say, like, there was a lot of hit or miss. There. Like, Tony, like Tony said, I feel like Tony Perkins was just putting his head down. He wasn't even really looking at any other options with the last two shots. And obviously, he made the last one. But, like, I don't think he was really looking at any options. He's like, I'm going to take this shot, whether it goes in or not. Which, when it's a tie game, I guess, doesn't hurt you. But it could also hurt you, too. I like the aggression. That's yeah, all I'll say. I, I like do. a guy who's willing to put his head down and go. Because how many of those guys has Iowa really had? Not none, really. That's why I, I'm yeah. not. I, you know, he struggled at times from the field. Um, he was hitting the mid range early in that second half, and then I think I don't know if it was the length from Wisconsin kind of rattled him a bit in that second half, especially down the stretch. But like I said to Gary, I'm just impressed with the fact that that Fran went back to him because. You know, I, I didn't think uh, he was getting a real fair whistle down there either. That's my opinion. I'm sure Gary would disagree yeah. with that as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought it was the right call, the highest percentage shot, especially when you're tied. You don't need a three from from Peyton or from Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought it was a good play call, and I was glad that Frank used that timeout in overtime. But especially when you're like, and I'm not saying you're wrong, I don't think he got a fair whistle, but sometimes it seemed like he was looking more for the foul than he was worrying about making the shot, if that makes sense. Yeah, like that, that might have been part of the problem. Yeah. yeah. But that's just kind of what I saw. But like I said, it was a good win, and it's a good note kind of to be on. They did, at the end of the game, I agree they did kind of seem like a weight kind of lifted off their chest the way it looked like. Like, they were like, we did it. Like, I don't know, maybe when they went on that run in five, it was kind of like in their heads, maybe they were doubting themselves a little bit. I know you never want to think that, but, you know, the way that this season's kind of panned out sometimes, you, you could get them doubts here and there just because it hasn't went their way a lot of times. But that's also a part of basketball, and it's just a game. But I'm also glad to see the crowd out there too. I hope I could wish we could get that every every game. You know, they they need that support, and I know this year hasn't been what we wanted it to as fans. But you still got to support them no matter what, because that's what they're there for. Well, according to Gary Close, uh, they're not out of tournament consideration as it relates to the regular season. So yeah, if they keep winning, I, they got a shot. So yeah. let's just watch one game at a time. And I couldn't get on Thursday, but I want to say congratulations to Kalen Clark. Obviously, you know what she did was a was a great milestone and 
she can keep adding to it, whether she chooses to come back or not. It's always be something everybody will remember, you know, whether she chooses to go or not. And it was just fun to see somebody like that play at Iowa, you know. And all the talks about Iowa sometimes, it's always a good thing for us because a lot of times from some people we get negative talk instead of positive talk, so. Absolutely, sir. Appreciate the call, James. Yep, enjoy your night. Thank you, sir. All right, let's go back to our Iowa Smokehouse call-in line. Who's on the line? Hello, you're on the air. Okay, nobody there. Let's go back to this Iowa Smokehouse call-in line. We've got Doug. Doug's there. Doug, welcome. You're in Iowa City. Doug. Yes, I am. Uh, the internet's not working too well right there, but uh, actually, Coach Close didn't uh, say what the greatest part of today was. He met me. We uh, saw each other at the game, so that was uh, a thrill for me, and uh, I might so... I uh, probably have to go in there and make sure they get some food and make sure he hasn't drank too much yet. Um, but um, no, I, I, the crowd was awesome. It was a fun game. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, students, students still weren't like great, but yeah, it was most about eight percent of the student section was full. Um, you know, I don't know. You know, like I said, we, we we're probably still a long ways from talking about the NCAA tournament. But you have to win the first one. Uh, I don't think they'll win six straight, but I don't think they have to, but um, you don't, yeah, Owen played amazing. Oh, time out. I know your internet's behind. You, you're you saying you don't think they have to win out to make the tournament? I don't think they have to win out. They probably have to go 5-1 oh. and one and probably, uh, but they, I, think it'll, I think if they were 11-9 and nine and they won a game in the Big Ten tournament, they they would probably, I've been looking at resumes since we we last talked a lot of resumes are very weak. Um, there's a lot of teams that I, I, I'm just saying the bubble is weak. And there, I mean, teams like Cincinnati, um, Nevada, I just, a lot of teams haven't played anyone. And um, if Nebraska still has a chance, and I don't think they're going to do much better than 11 wins in the conference, then we would have a chance. But right now I just, they, they have two really tough road games and I, We'll see after that. I'm just glad that um, my one of my fears for the season was that they probably weren't going to have a winning season. I would have a hard time believing they won't win one more game. So at least, you know, that, I don't know. But it was a, a very fun game, a good atmosphere. Um, out of the last two years that me and my father have been going to games and count my San Diego trip, we're 14-2 and two in games I attend. So I need to attend more games. So... <laughs> Um, well, yes, but I will uh, listen. You're too busy attending the games against Abilene Christian, Tony. That's why. That's why they're 14 and two. No. Well, no, I've never went to Abilene Christian. Uh, let's see. Well, mo most like eight of them are Big Ten games. At least eight. I, I went to four of those games. Would be the uh, the neutral site tournament games. I went to Illinois last year and Ohio State. Both I've been to the Ohio State game both this year and last year, and those were really good games. Northwestern last year. Uh, yeah, it's a, those 14 wins are legitimate. Um, anyway, hey. uh, like I said, my internet's pretty bad here. Uh, I just I had a lot of fun. It was awesome. Awesome being coached close. And, oh, I met Ryan, too. That was pretty cool. Um, so I just wanted to 
hope everyone, everyone, I hope everyone has a good time. Enjoys this win. Um, and we'll see how it, season isn't a hundred percent over. Plus no, I, I, I'll, I'll watch, I'll watch any game Iowa plays. It's Thank not, you. Real quick, Tony, don't log off yet. Real quick. It's not, it is never over. What? Until, until, it's not over until the conference tournament is over. First of all, you're absolutely right about that. Second thing I have to ask you, because I think they're making the tournament yeah. the regular season. If they win out, maybe. But my question to you, Doug, is this. How's your mom doing? Well, like I said, I'll, I'll talk to you later this week because, like I said, I, I'm getting in and out the coverage. So I appreciate it all. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's an awkward time for him to not hear what I had to say, but hopefully his mom is doing well. He called in the other day and said his mom had a, a medical emergency recently. So I, I genuinely wanted to know how his mom was doing. So hopefully she's doing okay. But thank you for calling in, Doug. Uh, as a reminder, uh, if you're just joining us, please hit the like button. We are here for post-game coverage following Iowa basketball, both the men and the women throughout the season. Taking your calls, taking your comments. And let's see, we do have the phone line open. So the line is open right now if you want to call. line is on the bottom of the screen, 515-635-1601. 515-635-1601. Our RTI Threads player of the game today was none other than Owen Freeman, who has won now eight Big Ten Freshman of the Week awards. He's on track to win nine. I think this was maybe his best performance as a Hawkeye thus far when you look at it collectively. 20 points on six of six shooting. 12 boards, six assists, four blocks, two steals, had just two turnovers. He is a guy now that um, I thought he grew up today. Now it's one game, right? It's one performance. But I thought he grew up against one of the better bigs in the country and Stephen Crawl. And this was good to see. We've seen him dominate and assert his his will against you know lesser bigs in this conference. And then he struggled in foul trouble against the better bigs. He was in there most of the game. Um Total for the game, Owen Freeman played 38 minutes, so good on him. Ended up with four fouls, but foul trouble did not pin him down like it has in past meetings with Wisconsin. Well, in the past meeting with Wisconsin and some of the uh, better bigs against some of the other better bigs in this conference. So congratulations to Owen Freeman, our RTI Threads player of the game, and likely Big Ten Freshman of the Week again uh, next week. All right, let's go back to our Iowa Smokehouse call-in line. Thank you for calling Iowa Post Game here with Coach Gary Close. Who's on the line? Hello, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Who's on, who's on the line? This is Alex. Hey, Alex, how are you? Not too bad. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Hell yeah, man. That's not a bad way to be. That's right. You got it. You got it. Here's my wife. She's doing great too. She's looking great. Jesus Christ. She's looking great. Great. That's wonderful. What'd you think about the game, Alex? I, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of the game. Everybody had fun and nobody got hurt. That's true. Wonderful. That, that is very, that, that is very true. And I did not have a parlay on it. So I don't care. Well, I appreciate you calling in, Alex. This has been the most riveting call I've had all day. I bet. I don't like the squeaking of the shoes. I don't like basketball because of that. They squeak all the time. Pick up your feet. They squeak. They squeak. Well, there is a lot of there, there is a lot of squeaking. Yes. 
There's a lot of squeaking. That's that's yep. There's there's a uh, there's a lot of squeaking. So that's a good point. I, uh, I I appreciate you calling me, man. I I am uh, always one for uh, hanging out, man. Well, you have a good rest of your day, Alex. And um, if you don't like the squeaking, maybe maybe hockey is something to to take up, or uh, you and your wife can can enjoy watching together. I know we're in the midst of another hockey season, so enjoy that. And uh, that there's no hockey in Milwaukee, and uh, that's not my wife. She is my paramour. Alrighty. Well, you have a good day, Alex. Appreciate All the right. phone call. This has been a weird day on the phone line. Maybe got to start screening calls. Um, I could have cut him off earlier, but it is what it is. Let's go back to our Iowa Smokehouse call in line. We've had a lot of callers. That's good. Corey, the other Corey, the other other Corey, not the Corey that has the dog named Hawk. This is uh, Corey Seedorf. Welcome, Corey. Good to see you. I'm not going to check to see if I'm live. I've done that every other time, and I'm I'm <laughs> confident that I'm live here. Um, You're live. I just got to reiterate a few points that uh, probably have already been echoed, but um, I have zero uh, seasons that I can draw from any uh, confidence that Iowa will bring defense and energy to their defense. And they did that. Um, They, that trap on that pick, when they're getting picked and they double down and they trap on that pick on their defensive side, to me was the key in that game. And just their defensive energy they brought was huge. And I just, it's so refreshing to see them bring this kind of energy. Now they didn't do it the whole game, but, but that's what got them back in that game. Um, and secondly, um, I gotta we gotta give credit to those those backups that came in and brought that energy. Um, and and I gotta credit Fran for for putting those guys in and kind of making a statement. Um, they brought energy and they showed they inspired the rest of the team and they they showed them. Listen, guys, you can't come in here nonchalant you got to bring it and they brought it and they and that set us that set the tone for the rest of that game with the way those backups came in and um especially especially brock harding down the stretch of that first half that's one thing i didn't ask gary but brock i thought brock really that's a crucial time in the game where you're down 11 13 points and tony's not playing well he's kind of in a funk you know there's no right now the coaching staff has little to no confidence in desante bowen so that's a lot being placed on Brock Harding. Uh, Josh Dix was going to play the whole game because he was rolling. Um, but you need a couple of ball handlers in there. And if it's not Tony, if it's not DeSante, it's got to be Brock. Yeah, really. <clears throat> he's surprisingly strong with the ball. You look at his physical stature and you think he's going to get crushed in there. Um, he's just, he's surprisingly strong with the ball. And, uh, but that said, our tournament point guard got it done in the end. And let's just echo the same narrative. We finally have a tournament point guard that is strong with the ball, even against a menace like, you know, Hep, Chucky Hepburn. I mean, Tony, 
Tony is that guy that we can rely on in the crunch time and he can make a difference. And again, I just pray somehow they get into the tournament because because of him, I think they could break the spell of the one and done in the tournament because of him and because of this new found defensive energy they're bringing at least at times. And, um, you know, <clears throat> I was at the gym, I got to the gym and I was going to go home early, watch the game. And I thought, you know, I'm not because they're going to hand game, hand the game over like they did against Maryland. And then I realized I never applied deodorant today. <laughs> okay. And I thought I got to go home. I can't stay at the gym like this. <laughs> and then I thought, uh, no, you know what? The Hawks don't deserve this. And no one deserves that. <laughs> but I no, I stayed at the gym because I didn't want to jinx this defensive stand that they started to make. So I stayed at the gym, probably cost me friendships and uh, a lot of negative first impressions. But I think it will prove to be worth it because they won. Now, um, I don't know if that means I have to go back to the gym during the next game without deodorant. That's going to be a tough, please, tough decision. Please don't. Please um, don't. But, but <clears throat> that said, one more thing. We've talked about it in past shows. It's been echoed before. <clears throat> Owen Freeman needed to stop fouling out. He did that. He's grown up. He's found ways to... He was still strong defensively. I think that he didn't get as many foolish fouls. Um, usually he gets a couple of ticky tacks. And well, I, I mean, he got teed up. But I just think he's found himself a solution, at least in this game, to still stay in it, stay physical, defend well without fouling out. That is, that is another uh, bright... Um, indication of a bright future for this team and not, not in the distant future, in the near future. Yeah. So I think that's key. And I, and I'm going to be balanced with that. Cause I agree with you, Corey, in this game, he has struggled more often than not against the best bigs in this conference to stay out of foul trouble. And most of it's been, he gets that second foul way too early in that first half. And then he, I think it just affects him the rest of the game. First of all, cause he's had this long break on the bench. He played 38 minutes tonight. He's got to avoid, he's, He's too important to this team to, to be sat really any minutes due to foul trouble. By the way, I want to acknowledge a super chat real quick, Corey. DC Hawkeye with a super chat. Uh, I think Iowa crowds can be light at home. You should have uh, been at the Maryland game on Wednesday. You could hear everything Fran was saying to his players and coaches. Frank Garza was there, just a nice guy. Frank Garza is a really nice guy, but uh, thank you for the super chat, DC Hawkeye. Not quiet today, and that was what they needed on a Saturday afternoon, Carver. So um, 100% agree with you about Owen, Corey, and, you know, I, I tell you, Stephen Crowell has turned into one of the more respected bigs in this conference. So for Owen to come up as big as he did, they needed every last one of those plays, every last one of those blocks, uh, free throw makes. He was huge. And and before I go, because um, I don't want to take up the airwaves here, uh, though I know you're obligated to a four-hour show because we got to get this back to the standard, right? Uh, the football season. No. Uh, <clears throat> Fran, uh, talking about the crowd and acknowledging the crowd 
and how they could have an impact on the game, and they did. And I hope that, I mean, I know it's partly the Caitlin Clark effect, Cart, Kate, excuse me, Caitlin Clark effect. Um, you know, there's only so many games, so many uh, attendees per per week. There's there's a certain population in the state, but uh, I just I hope that it had a positive uh, effect on the people that attended, and I hope that they continue to attend. And I think that. Don't, wouldn't you say that Tony uh, and Lemansky are now obligated to attend these games for the, for the rest of the season? Um, well, Gary, you forget the most important one, Gary. Yes, and Gary. Gary and, has to make the four-hour trek down from Wisconsin to Iowa City every single night. Yes, if, if not, the loss and the blood is on their hands. Yeah. Um, yeah. I That's mean – you know, they can't turn their back on the team now. The team needed them. They came through, they attended, and the, and the team sensed that, fed off of that energy, and got the W. They're obligated. So let's just say it the way it is. And lastly, I want to throw this question out there um, out of curiosity. I think we had some recruits in attendance. Just be curious if anyone caught a glimpse of them. And maybe what their experience was of the game, and, and uh, you know, I, I I think of some of these dud games where it's empty, and I think that can't be good for recruits. And I I think no. that you know I hope that this game showed what Carver really is all about because that's that's the real Carver Hawkeye Arena that I watched today. Um, that's what I grew up with, and back in the days of Marble and Horton and BJ. Honestly, and- honestly Corey, me too. I mean, I'm I'm younger than you are, but I mean, like growing up and watching even the Alford era, there was a time when the the Hawks Nest was a real thing, and it wasn't all that long ago. And I know times have changed with television and whatnot, but no, Carver can be so much better than it is for these men's games. We see it with the women every every single night; it's better. So. It's, it's not just a matter of construction of the arena. I know some people think that's going to solve all. I do think it's part of the problem, but it's not the ultimate solution. Just like firing Brian Ferentz was not the only solution for the Iowa football <clears throat> offensive issues. It's a, it's a very similar situation there. Yeah, I, I just – I'm glad that we've gotten a reminder of, of what it can look like. And, and let's not forget this. And the crowd can bring energy to the team, and they did today. And it, that's the Carver effect. And I hope that fans uh, realize this, and any that can attend can know that they can have an impact on the game, just as, as the attendees at Kinnick Stadium. It matters. And, I mean, that's why you have runs in games. That's why – these players' confidence skyrocket through the roof. And um, I, I just think, you know, let's just remember, fandom is about bringing energy to your team and positive energy. And fandom can have an effect on a team. And I think it was proven today because otherwise, I think we would have seen what happened in the Maryland game. And I think that when there was a lull in the offense, uh, I think the fans were there to 
helps spur them back and kind of feed some more energy back into that team. And I think it had an effect. I really do. Well, Corey, appreciate you calling in, sir. And let's keep this momentum going. Big game on the road. Two big games on the road coming up for the Hawks. I reside in Michigan. I'm, I might make the trek over to Lansing. I've got I've to gather up the gumption, but uh, I might be the only one screaming there, but I might just do it. i got to check my schedule here. Anyway, great show again. Go Hawks. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, Corey. And yeah, uh, if there's going to be a place to uh, go on the road and perform well, it's at East Lansing. That place has been a house of horrors, very similar to Mackey. And of course, the women have a, a huge road game. I mean, so it's a road gauntlet for Iowa basketball here over the next few games, next few days, over the next week. The men play at Illinois, at Michigan State. The women play at Indiana. So uh, it should be impressive. Appreciate Corey calling in. Uh, Kelly, thank you for reminding everybody. Please hit that like button. Thank you for being a premium subscriber, Kelly. It does mean a lot, even throughout the football offseason. I know a lot of people tune in for our postgame football coverage, but boy, we are as busy as ever right now in mid-February talking Iowa hoops, both on the women's and the men's side. Um, a couple things here in the, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Robert, I, I don't control uh who wears deodorant and who does not and who brings it up and who does not. Um, yes, there have been some strange comments made on the show today. Some strange callers, not talking about Corey, but there have been some strange things on the call in line, but thank you for being here, Robert. I do appreciate it. Uh, let's run through the box score here as we approach the one hour mark, uh, recapping. Iowa's impressive overtime victory over Wisconsin. Yes. A quad one win for the Hawks. Um, for the second half, I'll give Corey some credit. He's right about one thing. Uh, their defense was a lot better. Iowa's defense was a lot better in that second half. Um, I wouldn't say it was great. I thought Wisconsin missed some shots, but no no question, Iowa's defense was better. Held Wisconsin to 37% from the field. And remember, they, held, uh, they gave up 57%, um, excuse me, 59% from the field. In the first half, 59% from the field in the first half for Wisconsin, just 37% from the field in the second half, just one made three for the Badgers. And, uh, you know, it's kind of this snowball effect, right? Because they start missing shots from the field. I think shots were harder to come by, and they were still getting to the free throw line in that second half. In fact, they got there 17 times in the second half alone, only shot 59% from the foul line. And I think that's a... An effect. Now they did shoot two of two from the foul line in the overtime period. Iowa did a better job defending without fouling in overtime. I thought the whistles, especially on with with Tony Perkins driving the ball a couple of times late in the game in overtime, maybe a couple of call fouls that were not called that could have been called. I talked about uh, Stephen Crowell not maintaining verticality. The guy is a really talented big, but I just get tired of seeing Owen Freeman getting called for. Or, or Ben Crickey is another good example. Ben Crickey has a tendency, as a lot of bigs do, to lose verticality at the last second on some of these drives. And, you know, I would just much rather see calls made consistently on both ends, whether it's one way or the other. Make them consistent. And um, I didn't always see that tonight. I didn't think it was a real well-officiated game, to be quite honest. Iowa did out-rebound Wisconsin, which is huge, 35-32. to 32. That's a number you wouldn't expect to see. Now, again, part of that is Wisconsin shot really well in the first half, but so did Iowa. Iowa shot thir- uh, 56% from the field in the first half, shot 50% from the field 
in the second half. So Iowa competed on the glass and, um, you know, not a lot from the bench, just uh, 11 bench points for Iowa. Wisconsin equaled that with 11 from their bench. And Connor Siegen continues. I don't know. Maybe I missed this if he's dealing with an injury right now, but just three and a half minutes for the talented second year guard. Um, three minutes in the game, no points, one missed three point attempt. That's it for, for uh, Connor Siegen. Tyler Wall struggled with foul trouble, ended up fouling out late. Stephen Crowell ended up being uh, Wisconsin's leading scorer. He had 22 points, 11 of 13 from the foul line. 11 of 13. A.J. Store, the St. John's transfer, had 21 points on 8 of 18 shooting, had a couple of misses there late in overtime that ended up hurting him. Chucky Hepburn had 18 points along with nine rebounds. For the Hawkeyes, you have our RTI Threads player of the game, Owen Freeman, a stats, uh, stat sheet stuffing type of afternoon for the talented big from the Quad Cities, or from Illinois, I should say. 20 points, 6 of 6 from the field, 12 boards, 6 assists, 4 blocks and two steals you see the numbers for everyone else across the bottom of your screen josh Dix had 17 points to go along with five rebounds owen freeman i mentioned his his stat line tony perkins 18 points at the game-winning bucket and overtime also added uh, four rebounds and three assists and uh, let's see uh, peyton sanford had 18 points perfect from the free throw line seven of seven in spite of just one of five from three brock harding gave him some solid minutes in that first half ended up with nine minutes played six points for harding no turnovers two assists good solid stat line for the young freshman who will only get better patrick mccaffrey played 21 minutes struggled offensively it felt like he was kind of just struggle he just seems to struggle with teams that get up in your in your stuff defensively and you know, he can't get in his driving lanes. It's basically over. Um, but played 21 minutes, three points. I think if they had lost, we'd be talking about his minutes played, but they didn't lose, so we're not talking about it. Evan Bronze gave him uh, less than a minute. Price Sanford played about 13 and a half minutes, did not record any points, had one assist, and uh, Laji Dembele had just two points on one field goal try for the game. Iowa, of course, uh, Led by as many as nine in that second half, Wisconsin ended up coming back to take the lead. Wisconsin led by 13 in the first half, and yet Iowa found a way to claw their way back, especially in that second half, and uh, get the job done. Again, final score, 88-86 to in overtime. A much-needed get-back win, especially after what happened up in Madison here a couple months ago and what happened a year ago in Carver-Hawkeye Arena against these same Badgers. I'll remind you again, folks, this will not last much longer. If you have not gone over to Iowa Smokehouse and put in your order yet, what are you doing? Get over there right now. IowaSmokehouse.com. Use the code Hawkeye22. This is a special code, limited time only deal. You'll only find it here. Use the code Hawkeye22, all one word, Hawkeye22, at checkout at IowaSmokehouse.com for 22% off your total order. And again, Spend 50 bucks, you'll get free shipping. How about that for a deal? Free shipping, 22% off your order. Spend 50 bucks and uh, make it the deal of the year with Iowa Smokehouse. Again, Hawkeye22 at iowasmokehouse.com. And want to thank RTI Threads. Mentioned they're sponsoring our player of the game each and every night. They've also got their Iowa baseball apparel. The Hawkeye baseball team got an opening game win against Seton Hall. Check out uh, the Iowa Baseball March over at iowabaseballswarm.com. That's www.iowabaseballswarm.com. Team apparel over there at uh, iowabaseballswarm.com. Also, rtithreads.com for player apparel 
of a number of Iowa athletes, specifically on the football field. Check it out, rtithreads.com and iowabaseballswarm.com. All right, final call on the phone line this evening, folks. Appreciate everybody uh, being here, everybody being here. Thank you uh, for being a part of the show, as always. Bjork with the comment. I wanted to get to this one. The spin move in the lane by Owen Freeman in the bucket was a beautiful move by an athletic post. We need some recruits to go around him. They got to work the portal. Assuming Fran is back in 2025 or 2024, 2025, they got to work the portal better than they have. And Ben Cricky has filled some holes, but um, got to figure out a way to get in that portal and uh, get some athleticism. I know that's easier said than done, and Fran has tried and missed, but uh, that does have to be a priority. But this season's not over yet. Hopefully this team getting into a groove at the right time. Again, one final time. Final score tonight from Carver-Hawkeye Arena. The Hawkeyes over the 20th-ranked Badgers, 88-86 to in overtime. Iowa trailed by as many as 13 points in this win and come back, came back to win in the extra period. No women's game this weekend, folks. I'll be back with you Thursday. The Hawkeye women take on Indiana at Bloomington next Thursday. That game, a... Uh, Huge game on the road against a really talented Hoosiers team, a Hoosiers team that got blitzkrieged against Iowa and Carver here, what, a month ago. That game will air on Peacock next Thursday. Of course, the men will be back in action uh, on Tuesday, taking on Michigan State. We'll have postgame coverage, as always. I want to thank Gary Close once again for being here, being a part of the show, as he always is. He, his expertise is uh, much, uh, much appreciated from my end. Appreciate all the sponsors, RTI Threads, uh, certainly Iowa Smokehouse for sponsoring the call-in line and our show. Please support the show by means of Super Chats. You can do so by way of Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, all in our description. Donations there or Super Chat here on YouTube. For Coach Gary Close and our callers, I'm Corey Ratta from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Enjoy the weekend, folks. Celebrate Hawkeye Hoops, and we'll talk to you soon.